everybody doing? Welcome on in. If you are listening to my voice right now, you have made it to episode five of Higher Education, a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> you sounded like a sexy flight attendant. Oh my god, going. you can't just do that. Hold on. Um, Hold on, I need, I need. I need, I need my sign. <laughs> Everyone take a sip. Everyone take a sip. Everything's. Oh my I gosh. Fuck. Um, see, gonna... see, we literally have the same mugs. Like you had your number I one dad. You had your number one dad mug from, from the target last session. And you have your, I love cats or whatever mug. And I have the, I love dogs version of, of that mug. <laughs> also from target. Listen, we're up. We're on the same wavelength here. We've both been to Target. We're we're just we've both been to Target. We've both um gone down that, you know, that end cap where those mugs are, but it's strangely on the end of like a shelving aisle of like bread boxes. We've been deep in Target, you and I. <laughs> we've both we, gone to Target and gone deep into Target. We know the so intimate think- curves of target <laughs> so i think you two need a room um and i'm not sure that this room is the room um, <laughs> all right we'll, we'll leave we'll leave well. okay <laughs> have fun all right now it's you, now you now. intro the show while while we leave Humna. okay all right uh thank you all so much for coming to higher episode five of higher education presented by penny dragon games welcome on in um (laughs) (laughs) so fun rat and spats um and i have some news to share with you due to our um uh what is what's it called in in our ward wait what's what's in annie what is daddy warbucks to annie I have no idea what you're These saying. Are not like that. I don't These are words. Yeah. Um, Her adopted father? <laughs> are we talking about Anna Green Gables? No, no, Annie. We're not. Who's Annie? The musical. Legal Guardian. <laughs> what are you talking about? I thought it was like sponsor or something like that. I don't remember. Anyway. Our, our daddy warbucks. I'm just gonna go straight up. Our daddy warbucks, Spinny Dragon Games, <laughs> um, has a new Kickstarter uh, out there for you to save. That is gonna be uh, available for you to back soon. Exclamation point. PDG, short for Penny Dragon Games, uh, and it's called a one dollar one shot campaign, uh, which will launch regularly and are going to be short and digital format only. So you pretty much get what you pay for two weeks after the Kickstarter wraps. Um, and because uh, they're all going to be PDFs. And the first one is going to be The Case of Norn Talk. It's the first installment, uh, and it features a mystery one-shot, an NPC, a monster, a battle map, original art, and more, all for just, that's right, one dollary doodle that's i y'all what is that a lot of money that's not i mean i guess depends. Really. depends on who you ask I yeah think. okay okay well to you i say if that isn't enough <laughs> <laughs> all backers will receive a bonus one shot for free for oh, free. free bonus that's right 
I uh, love getting free stuff. <laughs> exclamation point PDG in the chat to get a link to that Kickstarter page and save it so you get notified when it goes live uh, or suffer the consequences. Uh, also, please check out our other sponsors, exclamation point sponsors, in the chat at any point. You can also see some of them on the screen now as they rotate, and you'll see even more during our 10-minute break. Um, we also have a daily goal. Thank you to Mocha, who's already put $20 towards that daily goal. If we hit it, it'll unlock a special bonus scene determined by me, us, you, some sort of third party we've yet to meet. Who can say? Uh, oh, an algorithm, probably an algorithm. Uh, so uh, please help us hit that. The money that goes there is split evenly between all of us and is greatly appreciated. We do uh, are very grateful for the support from our sponsors. But of course, as um, independent creators, uh, every little dollar helps us continue to make um, some sexy, sad content for you, uh, you little slut. <clears throat> Speaking of which, check out our content warning. <laughs> Exclamation point H-E-C-W to check out our content warnings. Uh, and also be aware that we do have uh, safety tools for our players, for myself and the players uh, in place as well. So know that those are lines and veils are in place as well as a uh, card system for in-play safety. Um, and exclamation point cast to get direct links to everybody here on the on the stage right now. And you can check out recaps of our previous episodes uh, written at exclamation point wiki on our Obsidian portal, which you can get a free ac free account and become a fan of our campaign on there. Um, if you want to get notified every time I update that and you can do exclamation point H.E. to get a little tidbit about. Uh, oh, Seder, thank you for the twenty dollar tip. I appreciate that. We are now. Um, so close to halfway on our bonus scene goal and we would love we'd love to do a bonus scene we played with the idea of doing spat rats i think it was bug dogs was it is, bug dogs or spat rats? is someone listening to music i think i am maybe my spotify is playing are you just listening to some some folk tunes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh my god uh yeah my spotify started playing <laughs> Uh, okay cool we'll talk about it later um <laughs> but yeah exclamation point he to check out uh, a little tidbit at the sh about the show find out when and where we go live every week uh get a link to our twitter make sure you follow us there for all the updates uh, and we love to like share um uh what y'all like about the show and and fan art and stuff like that over on there and you can also check out the podcast if it's easier for you to catch up in audio form the first two episodes are up and I have the third one in my possession and I'm holding it ransom. <laughs> I'll release it if we Give hit the to goal us. today. <laughs> so uh, check all of that out. And then the last thing I'll say is um, if you do want to post about the show on social media, make sure you use hashtag higher ed RPG. We want to see your art. We want to see your fanfics. We want to see your criticisms. <laughs> we want to see uh, your ships. We want to see... Uh, your compliments. We really need them. Wow. Every day is just uh, a grind as a creator to continue to, to feel that you're worthy to exist in a space that wants to expel you. Um, so yeah, with that, let's introduce <laughs> <laughs> the energy today <laughs> has been <laughs> all over. <laughs> They're deeply, deeply insecure. <laughs> 
It's all y'all's fault. I hope you know that. Um, <laughs> Connie, <laughs> hello. Hi, speaking of self-hatred, I'm Connie <laughs> and I play Stag. Um, Mr. Coke Stag Zola Graves, they she. She is a Goliath barbarian who is very friendly, very cheerful. She's kind of like a herbo jock. Uh, very, very sweet, is she? Uh, but she has some problems underneath the surface. We're not going to talk about them. We're not going to talk about them. You don't have to know about them. Uh, you don't deserve to know about them. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. She's getting away with murder tonight, boys! Or maybe not. Uh, fingers crossed that she does, though. Um, also, I'm just going to throw this out there. If we go double past our goal at 200, I will beatbox on stream for all of you. I will find a reason for Stag to start beatboxing in the scene, and I will do it. Uh, so, if that's not motivation, I don't know what is. I'm going to pass along introductions over to Liv. Hello. Um, I apologize. I just realized I am not in the captions and I'm actively trying to fix that. Um, but hi, everyone. I am Liv. You can find me online at Live in a Day. I play Ciro Lily Twill, who is going through it. Um, they're not okay. And God, their patron is going to be so angry when she finds out how much we fucked up. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't have much because I'm panicked and trying to fix this. Get so I'm, these captions. <laughs> I'm doing it. Drac, you go. Me, I go. Hi, I'm Drac. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Draconics. That's D-R-A-K-O-N-I-Q-E-S. Um, I was the person who was playing music by accident. I'm sorry and I apologize. Um, <laughs> I'm playing Barigar. She uses, um, she, he, they pronouns. I, Drac, use he, they pronouns. Um. Barigash is a Gorgon machinist inventor, and they have a little construct, little construct named Star. Um, they are seven foot two, made of brass, steel, and adamantine, um, and love, I guess, probably. I don't know. <laughs> and they're also a murderer, not Star Barigash, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I don't think it'll be much of an issue, really. Honestly, I think you can you can figure that out soon enough um but yeah i'm gonna throw it over to everyone i zoned out who hasn't gone yet humna humna i am next hello <laughs> i don't know why i said it like that um hi everybody my name is humna i use any and all pronouns and i am a TTRPG performer uh you can find me on twitter at hi underscore uh and today i will be playing jaysha who uses they and ray pronouns uh jaysha is an earth ganasi sorcerer and blood hunter who is um you'll find out what kind of fucked up today i think uh that'll be fun for everyone including jaysha Ha, 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 ha. Uh, okay, anyway, I'm going to pass it over to C. Hello, everyone. My name is C. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me making very trans, very gay art on this internet. This one, specifically. Uh, if you want to know where I am at any given time, check my Twitter. Except don't, because I won't tell you. Weird one. Weird energy. I've been to Target before. Uh, I'm playing X today, or Ecstasy, who uses they, them pronouns, who is a dragonborn tiefling ranger rogue. Uh, because I needed four things in my in in my character name and description, um, so that's that's who I'm playing today. And they actually are going to get away with murder because they've done it. Check swatch, nobody's business amount of times before, so that's fine. Don't worry about it. Banna, everybody's like on some shit today. <laughs> you know, I I will say Webster deemed Goblin Mode 
the word of the year. Yeah, the and and the I year. think maybe they did do that. Like Mercury in retrograde that is affecting the populace. Um we've all Is that been happening right now? Infected. No, no Mercury or the goblin mode infection. <laughs> <laughs> the Mercury specifically. Oh, I mean, no, I meant like like it like Mercury uh, if, if if affects the populace when it is in its full swing. So is Goblin Mode when it is uh, christened by Webster. <laughs> um, also, Mars is in retrograde. So. What does that mean, Liv? Tell us. Mars in retrograde. Um, basically, looking at astrology in 2020, there we entered like this phase of stagnation cut that shit out not anymore <laughs> it's done we're we're oh, active baby we're, we're cutting we're, out stag no we can't do that no we can't do that we can't do that never have their own nation oh my god i can't wait for how buff and lesbian everyone's about to be <laughs> Um, so true. So that would true. only create a nation to, for their to create a harem for themselves. Like just all <laughs> my I volunteer people. as tribute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm first in fucking line for that application process. <laughs> uh, but welcome on in, proud citizen of Stag Nation. Let's go, Kyber. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Make sure you check out our going live tweet uh, over on the Twitter and let people know that we are starting up the game right now. Uh, anything else before we jump in, my my dear players? Are you doing a cat thing, <laughs> or is, are we boxing? Because no, it's cat. Because you said meow. You oh. said right meow. I didn't even know that I did that. Oh no! Don't tell anyone my secret. <laughs> you did. You really did. Um, okay. that secret cat girl. Okay. Okay. To, to that point, like, all right, we don't like the musical cats. Okay, but like, we're attracted I know. to I, the cats no, from Cats, right? What are you? Wait, everybody. Wait, hold on. What are the wait? No, no. Everybody, close, close your browsers. Close your browsers. Close the apps. Savannah, look at me. Look me in the eye. Do you want to do this right now? Is this? No, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to do it. I don't want to. I don't want to. I will find the video I'm specifically having in mind and I'll send it to you, Liv, and we can have a private conversation about if we want to uh, smooch that cat or not, okay? That cat man, that hum human cat Liv, man. you have a reputation as well. Don't hide. There's no point of hiding. <laughs> okay. I have a reputation. Sure. What okay, are we all learning in this call Is right there? now? Liv's a monster fucker for sure. Yes, <laughs> proudly. <laughs> A cryptic connoisseur, if you would, <laughs> but you know, I would not. No, the cats from the cats from cats are not cryptids. Okay, they're not. Thank you. They're Thank not you. cryptids. But, I, mean, I don't know. I might. Me. The I feel like they could. I feel like they count as monsters in the monster. No, they do not. Like, no, they are not. I think. No, I don't. No, I know. No. Right. As representatives, as representatives of the monster fuckers anonymous community. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I would live on this. I, I would live on this. We can't. We can't. We gotta draw a line somewhere. <laughs> We're gonna table this. <laughs> can we play D and D? Can we what? Can we play D and D? I just want to play D and D, please. <laughs> Connie's like, I need a doll. <laughs> yeah, we're going to table that. Uh, and, you know, maybe if there's a bonus bonus scene unlocked, we'll have a, an episode where we just argue 
uh, <laughs> the points made here today. But, but in character. In, in character, character. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to be Val. <laughs> Which one of your characters are monster fuckers? <laughs> Heroes? <laughs> you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this in the chat. <laughs> I don't want to say but what about our podcast listeners? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Sarah's the nastiest monster fucker and you cannot change my mind. She is fey. She is fey. Exactly. Everyone in the in the fey realm is is kind of creaturey, right? To a yeah. degree. Yeah. No, I think... Um, I just un- this just unlocked so much about zero for me. Oh my god, <laughs> my brain is overwhelmed. I'm glad that you learned. I'm glad you're learning about your character. You know. Uh. Anyways, let's play some D and D. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry to our sponsors. Trauma time, baby. Our sponsors who are not in any way bad dragon. <laughs> um, they are problematic. They are. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Last we left our characters, uh, they were in the uh, the center of Kleka's lair uh, under the effects of uh, of his conglomeration of rats <laughs> in spats and vests and uh, small pantaloons. Um, and Stag had just been gripped up by a malfunctioning version. Of their ancestor, uh, um, Baru was running for the exit, but hearing Stag's dismay, turned on their heel uh, to see what could be done to help. Um, and Ciro uh, is dissociating. <laughs> that sound about right? But before we get back into um, the girth of that. We need to take a couple uh, of steps back um, in time. We're going to go back to the room with the seductive red X upon the derelict door. Back to the unlit alcove overflowing with unstable and unregulated arcane waste. We watch... Jaisha's eyes fall once, twice, three times, following the path of rare companions who are dropping like flies before them. The fourth time Jaisha's eyes fall, they do not rise again. Jaisha slips into a liminal space between states of being dreaming, waking, memory. Instinct, subconscious, fantasy, truth, stimulation, and numbness. Jaisha, as this experience pillages the very depths of you and who you are, what emotion does it find at your very core? What feeling lurks, biding its time in the overbearing shadow of your soul? Fear, anger, hope, joy, or sadness? I think 
inside of Jisha's soul is a maze. It's a maze that is spiraling endlessly. Each wall, um, like the petal of a succulent plant kind of rising up and deep, deep, deep in the center of that spiral is a tiny, tiny, tiny sliver of joy. An emotion that Jisha is unable to access in any true, real way because they don't know where to look for it. They've never been able to get to the center of that maze, always traveling, always looking, always searching, but with nothing to guide them. So this slice of light inside of you, what thing or person or moment or idea is powering it or powering the bulk of it? Each um, petal in this maze, each petal that makes up the walls of this maze kind of, I think, like shifts from being stone to plant material to just kind of this effervescent ether and it changes to be a person each and every one of them a different person in jisha's family line except there's no defining features about them really the ones that start out at the exits the furthest outer ring those are easy to recognize those are jisha's parents um those are that's those are aunts and uncles and cousins that ray knows that ray has met but the closer that we get to the inside the less and less defined everyone becomes the less clear it is who these people are and i think the thing the bulk of it that is pushing jisha through this experience through this moment is that lack of clarity that lack of certainty Everyone always says that there's something about our family, that there's some sort of power godhood that is in our ancestry, in our lineage somewhere, but nobody really knows the details about it, or at least nobody has talked about it at, at any length. And I don't know if it's because they're not willing to talk about it or because they don't know, but that something that longing to know anything about where jisha comes from that confusion that emptiness like like there's a piece of a puzzle of who they are of who ray could be of who ray is supposed to be that is missing everyone else knows where they come from but jisha doesn't so you're looking at this in, in the moment you're describing this sort of as a spectator, like a painting or even an ancestral tree sort of blooming in front of you. But then you realize your legs are moving and you look down and they're stepping down a spiral staircase. And each step is made of a fat and juicy succulent petal. And you're going 
further and further down and the stair is winding tighter and tighter and looking down the center of it, that sliver of light is also blooming, becoming brighter and brighter as you get to it. And the closer you get, the more you know what you're going to find. And in that last moment, when you step into a realm of pure light, what is the image that is burned on your retina? That when you close your eyes, you can see the projection of it on the back of your lids. It's an image of tree roots. A network of tree roots, very thick and spindly and growing out in all directions and possibly in all directions, overtaking literally everything that it touches in its path. The way that sometimes tree roots will connect to others and then kind of subsume the other trees into its own network, almost parasitically. It's that image coming out of this light form and oddly enough is this desire to be a part of that network knowing that it may not actually be a positive thing you may lose yourself in the process of joining it but it's this desire to join to be a part of it but this inability to do so the tree roots will take everything but they won't take jisha If you consider to reach out to even one of these roots, what do you think the reaction is? The crystal vitiligo on Jisha's skin cracks open even further, even deeper. It expands. And there's less skin and more gemstone exposed. And you look down at the vitiligo blooming and spreading across your body. And the last thought you have in your mind is what a beautiful lake. We're going to bring ourselves back to the present, back into Klecka's lair, Humna, you weren't with us last episode, but where do you think Jaisha is in sort of the chaos of this uh, battle, ongoing battle? I think uh, Jaisha's response to all of this was kind of 
I think at first it was a freezing response of not knowing what to do in the scenario of everything kind of happening really quickly, but also really slowly all at once. And everybody's moving to action and Jisha is just kind of, I think, like in rare head trying to process everything. And then I think it's like a switch kind of flips and they go, okay. I I think they like go into this emotional stasis and they go into a very like practical mindset of like we need to deal with this nobody can find out about this we need to do everything we can to make sure that nobody will find out about this um and so i think rare sort of what what ray is doing in this whole scenario is trying to look for gaps in what has happened gaps in knowledge like any loose ends that need to be tied up and probably the first loose end that jisha can think about is kleka we need to deal with Kleka somehow. Okay. And then, uh, like, in, in a literally physical standpoint, where do you think you're standing? Probably near Ciro. Um, okay. Since Ciro is dissociating at the moment, I think uh, Jisha is probably there trying to be comforting um, to some extent. Uh, probably not doing a very good job of it, but is attempting. <laughs> um, and then can I have you roll initiative? So I can put you in the order. Uh, and Ciro, you're sort of back by the door you came into still a bit. Ten? Yes, I would say so. What you writing down? Jisha's initiative. <laughs> what are you writing down? <laughs> you know. I, I fuck monsters. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god wow wow don't we I, all don't we all anyway D. Uh. so uh all of all of you your attention is sort of split divided between stag who's being dangled over this uh unknowingly deep hole <laughs> There's this is a motif. It's whole, all holes all the time. Um, and also Kleka, who has just thrown their head back uh, and inhaled just this, like, sucking, harsh breath. And his chest is filling like a ragged, bloodied balloon. And then half a second later, he emits this preternatural screech that rings throughout the entire labyrinth of the sewage ways and the sound hits you a moment before the pain ratcheting through your ears like a dagger to your skull everyone besides stag i need you to give me a constitution saving throw oh no and this is uh just for clarity this is on the 20 layer action turn I got a 13. I, I got a, a 24. I got a 19. Okay, interesting. So, who got over a 17? Jason. Okay. And zero. Okay, let me roll some dice really quick. <laughs> Uh, it's just max damage. It's fine. Um, I need 
I need X and Baru and Star. Well, does Star have ears? Well, Star no. Can, I no? Mean, okay. Not really, no. Everything is, um, I guess, like, it's, telepathic. It's, it's essentially yeah. thunder damage. Do you think that would hurt um, her? I mean, I think that makes sense to hurt her. Okay, do you want to roll a, a con for her as well? Yeah. Um, so take 12 thunder damage if you failed. Um, and they rolled a 17. Beats it meets, so she's fine. Okay. Um, and take half damage, so six thunder damage if you succeeded. Also, if you failed, you are deafened for the next minute mechanically. Uh, Stag is going to use their reaction uh, as you this cannot. thing rings out. What? <gasps> okay. Great. Uh, we'll, I think maybe they we'll try. Get to, we'll get to you. You can try. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, there's a moment where they try when they see this thing ring out and the air itself vibrate with sheer force and pain. Maybe like they see a couple of the wood, rotting wood panels crack under the weight of this explosion of auditory uh, suffering and their <laughs> eyes travel from the glitching form of their stone lion ancestor to X. Uh, who has the arrow strung on the bow and is starting to point it at Klecka, and they throw out a hand even as they're being held over this pit to try to use Spirit Shield to block X like they did on the battlefield. But their ancestor's glitching and does not obey, right? Like the impulse to protect this person. And we see Stag's eyes go wide and then flick back to their ancestor. And finally, for the first time, a little trickle of fear uh edges into the black pupil where before there had just been shock and confusion. Um, and on top of that, when you physically throw your arm out, you hit a threshold. There is some sort of unseen barrier that you and your ancestor are encapsulated by. Yeah, I think Stag's, like, palm, the flat part of it, hits it, like the inside of, like, a goldfish bowl or something, and their eyes go wide, and I think they actually let out a, hey! But I don't know if their voice can make it out of this barrier. Well, and two of your friends are, can't hear you anyway, so. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, so those that are affected are slung, by, by this deafness, are slung into a world of silence and the only noise uh is an incessant ringing that is both right behind your eyes and also on a mountain peak incredibly impossibly far away your hands reactively reach to your head and you feel a small river of blood trilling down your chin the wave of sound seems to make the entire world vibrate beneath you, above you, around you. The once meticulously crafted architecture of this long forgotten sewer system is now shaken loose by time and the power of Kleka's call, and it begins to crumble around you. Huge bricks fall from the ceiling and crack splintering the stone beneath them with their massive weight. 
archways slowly collapse in on themselves. Their precise mathematics overridden by sheer force. And debris cascades around you like some sort of hellish hailstorm. Stag. This glitching, malformed visage of your ancestral guardian appears unaffected and unbothered by the sound, the vibrations, the collapsing of the cavern, or any of the calamity related to it. And trapped in this moment with him, in a literal, some sort of literal bubble, neither are you. He is staring directly into your eyes. The look on his face is fierce and unyielding. What do you do? Ugh. 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 Uh, and Stag sputters as she sees these chunks of debris bounce off. This, like, invisible bubble that's ensconced both of them. Uh, eyes darting left to right, left to right, and then finally fix upon that stony gaze. I don't... I don't understand! Grandmaster Zul, what's happening? Is that... Is that really you? It is me, as you know me. I'm sorry, can you repeat that second part? Because I was freaking out, and I didn't hear it. It is me, as you know me. As I know you? Well, of course. You look exactly how they say you would look in the stories, the fables, the legends of your prowess. Please, you have to help me. What, what is the meaning of this? Is this a test? Did I not do well enough? <laughs> it's always a game for you, isn't it? A challenge to be overcome. A, a game? A challenge? No, no, this is life or death. This isn't trading. This is real. Grandmaster Zool, please, I... They, we, we need your help. What is real? This moment is real. The risks are real. He grips, he grips your collar harder and shakes you over the precipice. Your danger is real. But what else is real? A butterfly on the flower in the garden. Is that not also real? A hot meal after you've been gone for days, for weeks. A passing touch of a hand that sends your heart squealing. Is that not real, Mr. Gog? Grandmaster Swa, I don't. Quit calling me that. I don't understand. 
What? I am your great-grandfather. Can you not speak to me with more familiarity? You say you know me, my face, who I am, what I've done. Yes, of course, you're a hero. To call you with any familiarity would be to disrespect you, disrespect your legacy. To some, I might be a hero. But, in truth, I am just a man. You're a god. <laughs> you take things very literally. What other way is there to take? You say this danger is real. The risks are real. The blade, the screaming, it's all real. Uh, I don't exactly understand what you mean, but if this is a test, if this is a challenge, I... I... Please, let me prove myself to you. It's not about proof or a challenge. Mr. Gog, how do you feel about me? I... Well, I... I respect you. I venerate you. I honor you. I... I worship you. Do you love me? I... Uh, I don't... I don't understand the question. Am I not with you? In spirit at least, day in and day out. Do I not inspire your action? You do. You do. Everything I do, your spirit sings through me. You are my strength. You are my legacy. I am yours. You're mine. That's what they've always said. That's what I've always been. So, of course, of course, I love you. You are a part of me, and I'm, I'm a part of you. So, and it bears... To stand that you love yourself. Uh, what? Uh, I. I am you, you are me, and you love me. And you are uh, me. I. Say it! I love myself! See, that wasn't so hard, was it? I don't understand what's happening. I've never even met you. Not in real life. We've never touched or spoken face to face. Correct? Yes. But there have been some nights where I felt your presence is that have those just been illusions no i am here i am a part of you fighting for you every step of the way 
Even before you were born, even before the notion of your conception was a twinkle in your father's eye. I loved you. And I, I do still. Even beyond this strange veil. Do you feel it? I... I... Do you feel it? But... But... I... I do. But I don't understand. How can you... If you don't know who I am, if you see me, you see my weakness. You see that I have... I can do nothing here without you. Why would you love something like me? If anything, I'm holding you back, Mr. Gunk. You have so much more to offer than the restraints that have been put on you and the ones you most heavily put on yourself. I don't... What, what do you love, Mr. Gunk? Uh... Well... D- Honor, glory, protecting people, doing what's right for Strixhaven, for the world. (sighs) Commendable, I suppose, on paper. But there is no glory. Without love, there is no protection. Without love, there is no fight in your soul. Without love, without care in your heart for someone or something else that is completely beyond you. Do you think I could rise to such levels that I reached without, without love, for the love of my people, for my family, my companions, for myself, damn it! Self-preservation is love, to choose every day to wake up and do it again. To live another day, to be beside the people that make it all worthwhile, that make life worth willing, worth living. What is this? What are you doing to me? I don't like this. This doesn't feel good. Stop. (laughs) Doesn't feel good. That's the thing about love is it's not easy or fun all the time. It's work, and it's strength, and it's challenge, and it's change, and it's compromise. But aren't those all strengths? You think the only strength in this world is, what, physical? 
social standing? I know it goes deeper for that, for you, Mr. Elk. I, you know, I can't show it to anyone. It's and why they would, not? They would scorn me. <laughs> they would call me weak. I. Who? Who would do that? Them. They. Them. Made My up. fathers. Fathers are strange beasts. And love can take a tragic form at times. But you must know, at the heart of it, they are driven by love. And maybe that makes love wrong in some ways. But there are always going to be inconsistencies in our experience. Do you think I am weak, Stag? I think you're the strongest thing I've ever met. He takes his free hand, this gigantic stone lion paw, and presses it onto your face, the stone nails digging into your scalp. And you are transported to another place and time, a vision of your great-grandfather, Zuowuchi, approaching the door of a quaint home in the countryside, faced lined with fatigue and grief, clothes bedraggled from war and travel, a round woman with a beautiful oval face opens the door and they lock eyes and for a moment neither of them breathe and then in, in the next he has fallen at her feet and he's weeping uncontrollably she collapses on top of him throwing her arms protectively over his shaking body her own body racked with sobs Love, not glory, is the bomb of this haggard existence. You're, you're zapped back. He pulls the paw back, blood's trickling down lines on your face. Understand me. Do you understand me? I cannot speak false truths to you, grandfather. So I must say, not yet, not fully. But I, but I, but I want to. I, I, I want, I want to understand you. I want to understand what this means. I want to know who that woman was. I want. To, I want to know who you were. The real you. Then where so will please. you start? 
guess where it all begins? With myself. Go to places, honey. Well, will you... Will I see you... Will I see you again? Is this... Is this goodbye? I don't think we will meet like this again. But that's another thing you should know about love. And he crooks that free hand under your chin and pushes it up just a smidge. It means you never have to say goodbye. I'll always be here. And I will always love you. And I will fight for you in my heart every day, whether you can feel it or not. Don't go. Wait, please, wait. Don't leave. I'll do anything, please. Don't go. I think you have some people you care about to take care of. Okay. Okay, but then you'll be back, right? We can keep having this conversation. You won't go silent again. Your mouth won't be closed by stone. You'll be able to talk to me. Please. God, I've never talked to anyone before, please. That's why this conversation was so important to have. You have to know, I can't be there for you in that way. But there are plenty of people who can. If only you just let them. Okay. For you. Anything. He pulls you in from the ledge with one strong hand still clutching your collar. And he presses his lips to your forehead. And then he sets you to one side, releases the front of you, and dissolves from his hand backwards until the rest of his body is gone. And with it, the shield that surrounded the two of you. X Baru Zero Jaisha I I I and I, I I grab my axe which had been in my hand this whole time and I plant the blunt end onto the ground uh my chest my shoulders still heaving tears still rolling down my face and I pull myself to my full height and I turn to face Kleka Stop 
hurting them now. Some of you are unable to hear, but all of you can still see the familiar rise and fall of Klecka's shoulders as he cackles wildly. His milky white eyes wheel about at the falling stone and collapsing shanty buildings around him but not at any of you. His eyes finally land on the shower curtain, charading as his front door, and in one swift movement, he snatches something from behind it. The flickering candlelight flashes off the patinaed metal of a large trophy. He gives it one last lustful look and then he vanishes stag had been moving this entire time i think toward klecka as he brandished the trophy and just as he vanishes her axe cleaves down where he used to be and like plants itself into the rotting wood of this porch and these chunks of wood just spray up uh, past her face and she's heaving and her muscles are taut and she's gripping this axe so tight like a a a man to a lifeline in the middle of a tossing storm and there's a moment where she looks up and it looks like she wants to go after him like she wants to chase him like she wants to climb out of this hole and run and chase and pursue and then she wrenches the axe back out and turns back to face our party. Are you... Are you all okay? And she sheaths uh, the axe and quickly runs up to the rest of the group. Uh, So above game, just checking on if... Well, first, Connie, are you okay? I'm I'm cool. I'm good. I'm totally fine. Um, Yeah. Uh... At this point, do you all want to exit initiative, or did we want to continue with the initiative order? Sierra was going to be next. Um, I'm fine with exiting initiative. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Just want just want to double check. So mm-hmm. go ahead. Thank you. But yeah, the the room is essentially, or from what you can discern, is coming down around you. Uh, Kleka's vanished from sight, uh, and half of you can't even hear him, um, and you're still being swarmed. Uh, by rats. So what do you do? I I can't hear. Uh, are are you okay? Uh, Jish is asking Stag. I'm. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm. I'm fine. Baru and Stag quickly like turns away from Jaisha, like <laughs> cuts that conversation in the bud, and goes up to Baru and where uh, they and X are as well. Can you hear me now? Is this? <laughs> can you? Uh, hello. I can't hear you. I think. I think that Arakoka did something. 
Uh, Jisha will cast message uh, at Baru uh, and will ask, uh, what happened? Are you okay? And I will respond. I said, I just say this out loud. Um, the last attack that uh, they did, I think, I don't know, damaged something. I'm bleeding and like touches their ear and you see blood come from it. Uh, and I think a casting message again, but Jisha will also say this out loud as Ray is thinking it like to Baru. Um, and if I may like casting message to, um, actually at this point, I don't think Jisha knows that X can't hear us. So Ray is going to assume that X can, um, and is going to say out loud while also thinking this to Baru. We need to get out of here as soon as possible. And then we can figure out what happened to, to you, Baru. Okay. Um, and Jaisha is going to look around. Does it look like there's a quick exit that isn't the way that we came? Um, yeah, there are, there are, so there's one you came in, there's a, to your right, there is another sewage tunnel. Um, and then just up against the wall next to that is a ladder going upward. Um, and then straight uh, across from where you came in, there is a sewage tunnel coming out of the back wall and the side wall where they kind of meet in a T. Uh, and that those seem to be your options at a cursory glance. Um, but could I have everyone make a deck save really quick? Is this an effect that is visible? Mm-hmm. Okay. Can I make it a disadvantage because I can't hear anything? Sure. And, and I haven't said anything yet. I love it. A 10. Oof. 16. Seven. I rolled a nat 20 for 23 and star rolled a 17. Pop off. Um, okay, I'm going to say with a nat 20, you can probably help move someone, um, but uh, rubble is coming down upon you. So if you got under a um, 15, Did you'll get under a 15. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> you have to choose. <laughs> um, oh, fuck. Okay. Um, I think I'm probably closest to... Because I I try to make a move after running. I try to make a move towards Stag anyway. So I think I'm going to go to protect Stag. Mm. Um, and the way that it um, happens is I see mine coming for me and I step out of the way. And in exactly that same moment, I see one, uh, like a large hug on rubble coming to land on Stag. And I raise my gauntlet up and you see suddenly sigils from the base of it all the way up to the wrist glow in red and the sigils peel off the gauntlets and become basically a, a airborne sigil and the debris slams onto it and then bounces off almost like a shield and then, then it suddenly gets sucked back into my gauntlet and just goes we should go <laughs> um please and C and Jaisha, you're going to take six points of bludgeoning damage as uh, rubble falls down onto you. Can I use my reaction now with spirit shield, sure. or is it still glitching? 
Okay. No, your ancestor uh, is gone. Uh, I mean, as far as okay. how it was appearing, so. As the sigil comes up from Baru and, like, a big piece of, like, a big fat piece of rock bounces off of it, Stag flinches. <gasps> Thank you. Uh, hey, watch out! And she flings out an arm, and the glowing uh, stone lion comes off of the pauldron, just, like, unthinkingly. She's done this, like, a thousand times at this point, and, like, uh, sort of, like, jumps and leaps down her arm, but it's, like, so much smaller, and it looks kind of, like, very different from the vision she just saw, and there's a moment where she looks at it, uncertain, but it flies out in front of, uh, let's say, X, uh, to reduce that damage by 2d6, so I will roll it. That's six. That's 12. <laughs> Wait, so it reduces the damage by that much? It would reduce it by 12, so X oh, yeah. actually wouldn't take any damage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then will you just roll a straight up d20 for me as well? Oh, God. It's not a bad thing. That is a 15. A 15. Uh, I'm going to say that you also are able to catch uh, Jasha in that shield. If, nice. If that's okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Great. Does that mean, because I got a 12, does it reduce author damage to yep. zero? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the lion jumps forward and, like, expands to become, like, kind of large, the size of an actual lion as it reaches the two of you and, whoosh, like, leaps protectively over your heads. And, like, some of the rock uh, doesn't bounce away but gets absorbed in its form, like, suspended in it, like uh, uh, insects in a amber. Jello mold. And then, oh. <laughs> like, Sure! I was gonna go for the more artsy one, but yeah, a jello mode. Uh, and then the lion jumps down and disappears like mist off of the surface of a river, and the rocks clatter onto the ground. Perfect. So, no one takes any damage. Uh, what's the plan, Sam? X has been very, very still since Kleka disappeared, and I think they're standing in the spot almost like a ballet dancer where they are like moving back and forth to avoid some of the little damage like just very very uh clinical almost in the way that they're moving um but their eyes are closed and they are tuning into that high-pitched rigging from that attack um and this usually wouldn't i don't know what i'm just gonna try something vanna um, that X is like tuning into the sound of that ringing from Kleka and is almost trying to like trace it backward to be like, where did you just go? Cause I want to cast hellish rebuke on you, motherfucker. Um, okay, to try to let me look like, at this. Where, where are you at? Where are you at? Hellish rebuke. Uh, and the creature that damaged you is momentarily surrounded by a hellish flame. Uh, dexterity. Okay, so make a deck saving throw. I will allow it, but I'm going to make this saving throw. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't say it like that. My DC is not very five. It's a 13. It's not very five? Uh, it's not very high. Uh, uh, it's a 13. <laughs> Yeah, I I passed. So N there is a. It's almost like you can feel it through that the thread of that whining noise in your skull. Uh, a brief catch on the line, but then it's gone. So close. An X. Uh, almost they like make an expression where like they missed. 
and the tip of their tail flicks again, like just the tiniest little hint of annoyance that they got away. And then their eyes open and they swivel around. They realize how close everyone is because they can't hear anything except for that whine. Um, and it becomes also very clear that there's like a little stream of blood coming out of their ears as well. Um, but they look, see all of the world falling down around them. And then their eyes flick to the hole where Chorus's shattered pieces are. And there are, uh, there's rubble falling into the hole as well. Too late. Let's go. <laughs> With, without realizing that X is also deafened. Wh what do you mean, too late? Wait, wait, Chorus. We have to get, we have to get Chorus. Can I get another deck save from everyone? Oh, Jesus. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> I Nine. This. Okay. Uh, Fifteen. Dirty little twenty. Ooh. Eighteen for me and fifteen for star. Okay. A nine for me as well. Twinsies. I'm not really helping. Oh, never mind. Woof. Um, <laughs> this is a... It, it's it's, a, it's Jasha and X that rolled under 15. That's it. Uh, and I think we kind of established that y'all are right next to each other as well. So I think it's one huge chunk of just like marble. Uh, it's just coming down like a cartoonishly like a piano out of a fucking third story building on um the two of you uh and you're each going to take seven points of bludgeoning damage um and you're also going to be knocked prone beneath it uh, has it been six seconds since the first wave yeah 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 i, I think probably we're probably past the minute as well on the deafness okay. effect so uh, y'all are who were affected by it are also starting to regain uh your hearing to some degree I think as Jasha gets pinned down by this rock, um, by this giant chunk of the ceiling kind of coming down, they, uh, they kind of like uh, wince and kind of like groan a little. And uh, from underneath the rock, uh, Ray points towards the ladder or the general direction of the ladder, wherever that was, um, and says, we need to get out of here. We need to get out of here now. It's chorus is sh shattered. I don't think anybody's going to find them. Um, okay, yeah, 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 so let's, let's go, let's go. Um, Star, uh, and I'll have Star help with the debris that's landed on Jaysha, um, to move that out of the way, and if anyone needs help, you can climb on Star, they, they should be able to hold most of your weights. We should go. Above the table. Do we want to try to get rid of the body or are we just like trying to get out of here? I think the body's in a thousand pieces. So my thought was on. that it's being covered by rubble what and that it is also a creature. It's a listen. I, it's true. Is it still a creature? They might get the scattered pieces and be able to pick him out from the, the scattered pieces he's, are right now underneath the rubble. It looks yeah. like he got crushed by rubble. Yeah. Also, he's he's rock. He's a bunch of rock right now, covered with more rocks. Like, 
will people be able to tell that that's chorus? Like, I think this conversation needs to happen in character. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. And Sex Angus says she's uh, heaving, like helping heave the rock off of Jason X. We can't just leave him down there. He has a family. Yes, we can, and we will. We can't, nobody can know that this was us. Stag, you should. Us. Your reputation. Us. This was not us. Sarah, we can't blame people. We, we were all here. We were all in the chamber. We all saw it happen and none of us were able to, none of us moved fast enough to stop it. Okay. But he, he's, he was a dick, is a dick bag, but he doesn't deserve to, to just be left like this. What about the rest of us? What happens to us when, when, when everybody finds out not all of us have ways of mitigating whatever consequences might come out. I can't afford to be kicked out of Strixhaven. You think I can afford that either? And exactly. It was an accident. They'll understand. Accidents happen all the time. Who will understand? The headmasters. The guards. They'll understand. If we just tell them what happened, tell them there's something happening here, this Kleka person, they'll know it wasn't us. It was, it was, man, chorus, chorus has Family has connections, has money. Do you think that that is going to? You don't think that's going to affect how the headmaster, how Strixhaven is is going to react to what happened? We're nothing. They're going to want to blame somebody. Exactly. Then Kleka, Kleka was set. Well, we all heard him say he was going to kill him anyway, right? But he didn't, and we don't have proof. We know that who killed Chorus. And who are you looking at, Zero? Barium. Oh, can I get another deck save? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> can I argue at disadvantage since all of you are debating your life choices? Oh, Doesn't yeah. matter. Do I-, I failed anyway. Um, I am actually. I'll do it. Fuck! I hate. I hate you, Vanna. I literally said it doesn't matter that it was at disadvantage. Yeah, I rolled a nat one. Yeah. I rolled a nine and Star rolled a 13. I got a nine. I did so well on the first one, too. I got another dirty little 20. Now I got a nine. I got a 19. Okay. 15. (laughs) 15. Okay. um, Stag and X are fine. Everyone else is going to take six bludgeoning damage. Mm -hmm. Um, Jaysha you are cut off mid-sittance and knocked completely unconscious. What? And your body goes limp on the ground. <gasps> you okay, were hit we right to, we in the to... head. Oh, Jaysha! Yes, you're a screams, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered I'm right next to you. So yeah, I fully scream. Yeah, I think there uh, is a bit, of, a bit of blood that splatters. Uh, mechanically, onto. is that am I at zero HP or am I just unconscious? I think you're just like, unconscious. It's like you just okay, got a cool. big old bonkaroo on the head and you were already cool, very cool, cool. stressed out. So I don't know if it would have taken a lot. Cool, cool, cool. X, I think, goes for, because they missed that one, uh, they go for Jaisha's body for a moment. They lead over it. Then their eyes look up. Pick them up now and get them out of here. Baru 2. Zero. 
If you'd like to stay here with Chorus and find out what blame really looks like, we can arrange that. But if you'd like to get out of here, I assume that we all need to work together. Can you do that? I'm just saying witnesses are not perpetrators to crime. Let's go. Which way are y'all taking? Who brought us here? Fuck! God damn it! That's a good point. <laughs> you know, X is making some sense right now. <laughs> which uh, which exit are y'all taking? The ladder. The ladder. Okay. Yeah. 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 You're able to. You're able to uh, dodge the rest of the debris now that you're being more conscious of it. Uh, and you're able to scramble uh, up the rickety ladder. Uh, I think, let's see. Uh, who's holding Jaisha? I was going to say Star, unless someone else. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, then I think, uh, I think Star hits, like, is, is maybe taking up the rear, one of the more back, uh, back of the line. And, uh, the weight of her breaks off one of the uh, steps on the ladder. Uh, and there's like a moment of slippage and Jaisha like starts to careen off the shoulder, but star is able to, <laughs> to catch her at the last second. Um, but yeah, you're able to get up the rest of the ladder without consequence. And that is where we're going to take our break. <laughs> who knows what we will have in store uh, for you after a word from our sponsors goodbye So who's at who's at the front of the ladder? Who's like at the top, leading the way? X would either be X would either be at the front or at the back. Okay, and what'd you say, Jack? Oh, I just said I'd, I'd, I. I want to know for sure that I'd be close to Star. Okay, probably in front of Star, but okay, close to in like case X, anything happens. It makes sense to me if X is in front, not to okay. speak for you, but. I That's mean, totally they were kind of taking charge of the situation, so that tracks. So, Let's um, go. you get to the top of the ladder after uh, a, a pretty arduous climb, and you reach the top and put your hand up and feel like a dirt covered, um, eroded, heavy circle of metal. Uh, it's a manhole cover, um, it's a man's hole. 
why would you touch that? <laughs> Don't be grossy. Uh, and you push it, you push it up and over, and then you're able to pull yourself uh, out um, from beneath the earth and kind of inhale a, a fresh breath of air for the first time in you don't know how long because you don't know how long you were passed out for and when you break the surface you look around and realize it is the dead of night you have been gone all day and likely half the night um there was no one in sight the only familiar sounds you can hear um are the singing of the seasonal creatures of the grasses and trees to greet you. <laughs> I need to cover up the live chat. <laughs> Freeman's holes. From your position, you can see uh, coming out of the ground at that spot, you can see the domineering central star arch of the campus as it's framing the biblioplex like a gargantuan halo and the moon which is full or close to it uh is is blazingly bright to you after being in these dim tunnels for so long and it stares down at you from the center of that star arch and it's being intercepted only by the very tip of of the renowned library and it's causing it to look look a gigantic gleaming eye is staring down on the collection of you spilling out onto the grass in what almost feels like an accusatory or knowing way what do y'all do X being the first one out would poke their head up very slowly to make sure that there is nobody around or in sight watching them come out of this manhole in the middle of campus to make sure it's late enough and there's no one around. Yeah. Yeah. Your cursory examination. It's just like that time of night where even the degenerates have gone to bed. Good. There's no one here. Out oh, quickly now. And X will uh, get out and start helping other folks through and up onto the surface. Um, Jaysha, I imagine you came to partway up the ladder um, just because it is a very long climb um, from how deep into the earth you were. Um, so it's up to you if you wanted to like stay where you are on Star's shoulder or kind of reposition um, to climb out yourself or what do you think? Uh, I think Jaysha would have uh, come down off of Star and would have taken the rear at that point and uh, come up last. Okay. Um, we we should probably um, get get back to the house before we do that. Uh, and X is putting like the manhole cover back on. Was it like covered with dirt and grass before? Ciro, I need you to regrow the grass here. Can you do that? Fine. And Ciro will begrudgingly cast Druidcraft. Good. We were never down there. We never made it into the central chamber. 
We opened the door with the red X on it. And we were besieged by an X kind of hiccups over this word. Visions. We woke up as the tunnel started to collapse and we escaped. Barely. We never saw Chorus. We never saw the Aarakocra in the hood. And we never saw Grayson. Understand? What, what do you mean Grayson? Grayson? We didn't see Grayson. Exactly. X, what do you have planned exactly? Are you saying we don't go to anyone about this? No, we don't. Why would we? We weren't there. Well, what if they... There's going to be an investigation when people realize Chorus is missing. His parents are going to care. They're not going to go looking into that hole. Why would they? Well, it seemed like he and that Aarakocra were in cahoots about something. What if he'd been leaving breadcrumbs about going down to the fucking sewer every now and then? So then we find the Aarakocra. That's the loose end. That's the loose end we need to tie. We find the Aarakocra, we deal with them, and we're fine. What do you mean, deal with them? What, you want to kill them too? No, shut. Keep your voice down. No, but we can make sure that Klecka doesn't tell anyone anything. I don't think anybody would listen to that bird. Unless someone, unless someone casts like a truth zone or whatever it's called and makes them talk and then they'd believe them. And there are ways to deal with that. We don't have to worry. We just have to find Klecka first. I don't know. This isn't... And Stag crosses her big arms over her chest and is starting to pace a little. This isn't... This isn't what the good guys do. Come on. If we go to the authorities, if we tell them what happened, maybe they'll go easy on us because we confessed. The good guys don't kill people. It was an accident that we didn't do. Nobody is going to believe us. Baru, come on. And Stag turns to look at Baru. You're always going on about, you know, stuff and smart things, and you seem to, uh, you know, object in the first place to coming down here. I mean, what do you think? And when are you going to turn yourself in? I am, I'm sorry, I um, dragged you all into this. Um, I, I can talk to um, Professor Loshill and just tell her what happened. I, I did this and that all of you weren't there. Um, no, we're not letting you take the fall for this. Zero is it's not just Baru's fault. We were all there. We were we all could have done something and we didn't. We're just as liable as she is. 
Borrow, please. You can't go to the professor about this. I'm sorry. You won't be able to finish Star. Baru, I don't really have any friends since leaving the monastery, and I don't think I would like to live in a room by myself. If you go to the professor, you'll have to leave Strixhaven, and you'll have to leave Star 13, and you won't be able to come back. None of us will be able to come back. Okay, I, I just don't, it wasn't my fault, and I, I, I need to, I need to go to my workshop, um, I need, I need to go to my workshop. Baru, it, it wasn't completely your fault okay i was the one who i was trying to grab him i i didn't realize you know stone doesn't work like clothes so i just i ended up i was the one who pushed him over okay so it's not your fault it's not it's not any anyone's fault if it were anyone's fault it'd be it'd be mine no doing this is not helpful to anyone. Okay, we can't we can't play blame games. We can't start to get guilty about anything that happened. That is how we get caught. We can't get caught. Jaysha, Chorus was an asshole. I mean, I think we can all agree about that. But he didn't deserve to die. It was not saying that he did. What? If it wasn't his time, he wouldn't have died. Things like this happen. It wasn't anyone's fault. It's what happens. Free will and all. So your answer to a potential murder is fate? Of course. Did you do it, Zero? No. Neither did I. And neither did Baru or Stag or Jaisha because we weren't there. <laughs> right. How could I forget? If I'll take care of the pieces. You can't go back there. That's the number one mistake that everybody always makes in the movies, right? Is they always go back to the scene. Of the you can't go back there. I won't be. And X's form shimmers again, like those scales ripple down their body, and they turn into Grayson. <gasps> no, Seriously? no, 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 no. We can't. We can't blame this on someone else. Why not? I've really ruined one person's life. You can't ruin another one. He doesn't seem to have any qualms about ruining anyone else's life. 
okay, but this is different than a gossip column. A gossip column is awful and terrible. Yes, but it's not the same as framing someone for murder. It's only hearsay if somebody saw me. Dave wouldn't tell, not if I ask him nicely. When he sees Grayson walking through the corridors, all he'll see is Grayson walking through the corridors, just like he saw us opening that door. It's collateral. Can't you turn into, like, a stranger? Someone that nobody at Strixhaven recognizes? Someone that doesn't exist? I can't turn into people that don't exist. Wait, X... X might actually have a point here. Even if the crosshairs get fixed on Grayson, there's not enough evidence to convict. Everything's circumstantial, they're right, it would just be hearsay. Worst case scenario, Grayson gets arrested, spends a few nights in jail. I'm not participating in this. I'm not plan I'm not helping this. Do you, I am not. No, listen, this. he has connections too. His parents would never let him go away for something he didn't do. There might be a I don't even think this would go to trial. There's not enough evidence. Either way. Do you and hear if, yourself right now? Stack, do you hear yourself? Do you hear the words that are coming out of your mouth? If we do what you do, we're just waiting for the clock to count down until we get kicked out of Strixhaven and worse. Look, I, I'm still, I still have half a mind that we should just come clean about all of this and just tell everyone everything. Get ahead of it, you know? But if we're gonna not do it, we might as well commit, because I don't do anything halfway. So much of this is out of our control, we might as well try to control the parts we can, right? As long as X doesn't plant, like, a murder weapon or something there and cover it with Grayson's fingerprints, which, don't, don't do that, X. Grayson will be fine. If you want to be little partners in crime with X, go right ahead. You two would do great together. I'm with Zero. I can't. I don't feel good about that. I'm not going to anyone. stop you. I'm not going to say anything. And I think, yeah, for the first time, um, Sira looks at Stag with a look that they reserve for other people. Very cold, calculating eyes. But I will remember this, Stag. I would never expect you to forget it. No. I mean, when the time comes, one day, I will remember this and what you did and how you participated in this. And I just hope you remember how good of a friend I am. Zero. Don't take the high ground here. I might be doing something, but you're the one who's standing by doing nothing. Doing nothing, in my opinion, is the smart move. We're just waiting for them to find us if we're going to try to get away with this. That's the best defense is a good offense. 
Okay, that might work in Mage Tower, but it doesn't apply in real life. Yeah, Stag, not everything's a game. What do you think's gonna happen if we do nothing? Okay, let's run us through the steps. Okay. There's gonna be investigators. We might get away with a few days with no one raising the alarm because Chorus might be on a whatever. Chorus might be doing whatever, but then his parents are gonna notice eventually. They're gonna hire investigators, top of the class investigators, the best, not just in Strixhaven, but in all of Arcavios. The best, like people that my family might hire if I went missing, right? And these investigators are gonna have every resource at their disposal. Truth zones, creature location spells, whatever. They might even be able to peer into people's minds and see their memories. What then? It's going to be like eyes everywhere, like that fucking huge moon eye just staring down at us. If we just do nothing, we're sitting ducks. We don't give them a reason to look into our minds. We They're going to be find... looking into everyone that Chorus was with up until his disappearance. What was the last thing he did before he was gone? Mage Tower. Who was he playing against? Us. Okay. And we are all students here, right? We're all studying different kinds of what magic. What if they peer into our minds? What if he... they look, they do detect thoughts? If we try to, like, go against that, that's suspicious. What if we can, what if we can create, I don't know... Baru, Baru, you make stuff, right? Items and that can do things. What if, what if you made like a mind shielding? I don't know, something. I could make a mutagen of some kind. I mean, I know that technically those only really work on myself, but I'm sure I could find a way to make it so that you all could also. I just, I'm just saying. I, um, it would cost a lot of gold for me to even make one mind shield device i don't think i'd be able to make enough for all of us and it would be very obvious that we're wearing it i can't make it discreet like a ring it would be a full helmet or belt at the very least so i don't think that's true i think you could do it I, I, I could try, but um, I can't guarantee anything. Um, I, I, and I, I reach into my bag and pull out the, um, what was it, the gems that we collected, the Azerite. Um, I only have four, and I'll need to check the quality of these to see if there'd be enough, but... Uh, I could maybe make something. Don't worry about me. Make it for the four of you first. The body, the pieces. You can pull a lot from pieces of a body. Even the smallest shard left uncrushed, unburned holds on to memory. And the memory is not just of Baru, is not just of Stag, and they turn their gaze onto Ciro. It's also of you, shouting. It's of all of us there. We all played our part. So either all of us leave Strixhaven tonight and never come back, 
where we do this together. You turned into someone down there, not a student. What if you did that? Nobody would recognize them. Fine. And they kind of like slip out of Grayson's body back into their own. (laughs) That was a weird way to say that. Um, And it like falls off of them like glittering scales. Who are you going to turn into? It's better if you don't know. One less thing. Is that person? Are they going to be okay? Yes, they're dead. Oh. See? Okay. So, so we have, so we have a plan. Nobody's life gets ruined. And we, we go about our lives like nothing happened. It's better to keep a half-truth in the lie. To make it more believable, we did go down there. Professor Loshila saw us go down there. We got up as far as Dave. The rest of it was a fever nightmare that neither none of us remember until the wall started coming down and we made our way back up here. That's actually really smart. And Barhu, the mind-shielding rings or whatever... We can explain away the fact that we don't know what else happened by saying it was the fever nightmare. If they can't get past that, we can just say the reason they can't get past it is because it was so, well, fucking trippy and not the fact that we have magic rings not, like, preventing them from seeing the truth. It actually works perfectly. Um, okay, well, um, I, I turn to Jaysha. Can you, can I use your, the equipment I made you? I, I need, I need some, um, I need to make spell casting scrolls. It's important for the mind shielding and I might need some, to make some magic ink. Of course, uh, you can borrow whatever it is that you need. And I will be working on, well, I assume we're going to be looking for Klaka and all of this. And so I'm going to work on some mutagens of my own, uh, memory-altering ones, so that we can make sure that Kleka can't say anything about us. I can, I can talk to my dads. They might have some leads about how to find this person. They have, like, records of everything that's happened in Strixhaven, basically. And if the time comes, I can also talk to them to get information on whatever investigation is about to happen. They'd know. Zero. Yes. Are you on board? We need everybody on board for this to work. One weak link in the chain and it all comes crashing down for everyone. Fine. Okay. Zero. Professor Lucia knows you were the one who took a point on the mission down. Do you think you could, I mean, to try to get ahead of it, 
tell her about what happened, just so we have someone who can corroborate our alibi before the investigation happens. In like a super, you know, like chill way. Like we went down there, just tell her what happened. Tell her what the story is. She's expecting an update anyway. Fine. I, I'd do it myself, but I think, I think it'd be better coming from you. Yeah, fine. And I'll take care of the body. I, um, I'll need to start working on the rings now, then. Um. Here, I'll take you back to my dorm to get the supplies you need. Yeah. Yes. Not a word to anyone, okay? And Jisha is looking at every single member of the party. Yeah, I'm not going to rat. I mean, m- m- mouse. Wow. The disrespect spat rat is right there. <laughs> Offensive language. <laughs> Can we go home, please? I'm gonna have to get up so early. I still need to fix the the mage tower field. Okay. Uh, I'm remember the story. We went down. We never made it farther than Dave. We walked to the door the red X, and we had nightmares, then stumbled our way out. Welcome to the Covenant. And X disappears into the night. I purposefully look at Stag as I say, I hate them right now. (laughs) And start heading home. So everybody's walking back towards Zuo House. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Connie, were you going to say something? No, that's all. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> you just had a huff. <laughs> I just need a huff. Okay. Um, I'm kind of imagining the walk back to Zuo House is just painfully quiet. Unless anybody has something they want to bring up. But just sort of that that silence that is filled with like every single word, but no one's saying them out loud. Um, anything on the way back from any of y'all? No. Okay. So you reenter Zuo house. The door has been fully repaired since this morning. Uh, and you enter the common room, which is a familiar space, but I'm not sure that you often see it this late. And the stillness and the antiquity of it is stock, stark against your memory of this place. Uh, there's a large marble fireplace. That's the centerpiece of the room. It has hyper-realistic lion heads carved into the corners, 
each mid-vicious roar, looking blood-hungry. The fireplace is surrounded by eclectic furniture pieces consisting of dark velvet couches, hand-carved dark oaken chairs, and extremely plush armchairs. The back wall is filled almost completely with dark shelves, filled to bursting with books. Built in between the shelves are a couple of small writing desks, only distinguishable by the small chairs tucked beneath them. And then, hanging above the mantel, a giant painted portrait of Zuowuchi, staring down stag you feel right at you. What do you all do now that you're back? Let's, uh, let's meet again once we're all done doing our things. You know, like a report situation. We need somewhere private to go. Can't be here. We could go to my patch of the bog. I like that. Okay. Me too. All right, then. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs> and Stag puts on a big, toothy smile uh, that kind of has a manic glint in her eyes to accompany it. And she turns and strides out from under the austere gaze of her great-grandfather. Uh, Baru, I'll be right down. Pio, give me a sec. Yeah. Um, thank you. And uh, Jisha, I think, turns to Ciro before Ray leaves the common room and will offer out a hand for Ciro to take. I'll take it. Look, I know this is not ideal. I know that everything that is happening is a lot. Honestly, I'm still processing it, but thank you for going along with it. Don't ever ask me to do something like this again. You are one of my best friends, and this is too much. I don't plan on it. Sierra's going to just, like, throw a look in Baru's direction and just shake their head and go up to their room. Okay, uh, Baru, my friend's this way. Baru just silently follows. Stag, what do we see once Stag is in the privacy of their room and the door is closed? 
Yeah, she like closes the door, you know, locks it, and then immediately turns around and her back goes against the door. <sighs> and she lets out this like deep, shuddering sigh and actually like slides down the door until she like sits down onto the ground with her knees up. <sighs> fuck. Fuck, 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 fuck. Okay, Mr. Go, it's okay. Get your shit together. Get your shit together. Get your shit together. Get your shit together. And she like lets out a final breath and opens her eyes on that. That mismatched uh milky white blind eye and the dark oil spill black one. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. You got this. You got this. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. It's just that your ancestors are never gonna talk to you like that again. And Chorus is dead. And everyone hates you. But that's nothing new. And it's gonna be okay. Just remember what he said. Love or whatever. Just focus on that, I guess. Just fuck. Fuck. And she uh, puts her head down uh, against her knees, pulled up to her chest, and stays there for the rest of the night. Ciro, you re-enter the room. What do you do the moment you're alone? Um, Ciro closes the door with like very shaky hands um and even no even though they know that like they should go and wash up and and take care of themselves in that way um i actually think i think they are going to find like the smallest space possible in their living quarters, like, they might just fully go into their own closet, but just find, like, the smallest enclosed space and just curl up um, and and try basically not to have a panic attack. Zero. (sighs) Great. I know you're there. Yes, lady. And you know when she visits you, your patron, of course. Mm, of course. In your room, she loves to appear in your vanity mirror. Sarah <laughs> will go um, desperately tries to like fix thinks about trying to fix themselves and their hair and all that and just realizes like no not not worth it not fucking worth it not gonna actually do anything for them um and they will go and just sit looking disheveled and haggard and clearly visibly upset as they sit at their vanity um and look in the mirror tell us what your patron looks like or perhaps the form she takes when she visits you in the vanity oh that's such a good question 
Um, I think that I think her her physical build is very humanoid. Um, like I think she just has very soft, round features, um, and very, um, very like large, pronounced wings. But unlike Ciro's, where they're very like uh, gossamer, gossamer and soft, I think hers are um, just like deeply patterned, kind of like a moth's wings, um, and they they arc out and they um, are like like a lunar moth. If you've ever seen the pattern of like lunar moth wings, um, and uh, she's got these like just yards and yards of curls that like fluff around her with like the little moth antenna. She's a moth girl. That's it. We're doing it. Um, uh, and they stick out from like, um, behind the crown that she wears, um, facial feature wise. It's a halfway point between just like fey features, humanish features and Bug. Like she's just got like big old eyes, a little uncanny, um, but still very by, by face standards, very beautiful. I just don't know if we <laughs> would love looking at her. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think she's uh wearing just like the most ornate clothes. Very gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous girl. And you sit down in front of the vanity, looking bedraggled. Uh, and as soon as she sees you, she, her mouth <laughs> forms a deep frown. Oh, you you look frightful. I, um, it's been a very long day. I played sports. You know, we've talked about this. Keeping up appearances is also a literal thing you should be considering. I, yes. Did anyone see you like this? My roommates. My roommates did. You have roommates? Well, not in my room. The the house that I share. You should be giving you your own housing. <laughs> I will. I will call them. It's. It's. I don't think that. Maybe a tower. I'm sure there is a free tower somewhere on that campus. That you could be occupying. I think that's for the professors. I, I do live in a very, the nicest dormitory. Well, you can't say dorm and nice in the same sentence, Zero. It's oxymoronic. They, that, that it is, lady. I imagine you know why I'm here. Do I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Ciro fully blinks, clearly lost. And well, just I mean, off. other than you have not contacted me in several days. Oh, right, right. But uh, that is besides the point. I felt something very strange through our connection earlier. And I could not reach you. Something I had never felt... You feel before. And I'm concerned. I've invested a lot in you, Ciro. 
And now that we are at the finish mark, it would not do well for you to break apart. I deeply apologize for worrying you. You are far too kind and generous and thoughtful to be so worried about me. Remember who taught you such flatteries. Of course. <laughs> um, it's nothing to worry about. There was an incident. An incident? I'll keep it brief, Milady. Um, I, along with some of the other students, were excavating and... Digging? We... I wasn't digging. I made Well, I would hope me. not. Of course. Oh. Did you touch a shovel? No. And that's technically true. <laughs> oh, well, good, good. Oh, appearances, Ciro. Appearances. Gods do not dig hovels in the ground. No. No, they do not. No, they do not. No, they do not. Anyway, continue with your story. And we walked through a door with an X on it. And that's probably where the issue came. We were hit by a nauseous gas and uh, I was knocked unconscious. Is that the moment you're thinking of, milady? Well, I don't know. I felt a crack. Clear down the center of you. I felt it in myself. Was that the moment I'm thinking of, Ciro? Now, I know here in the Fey Realm, you've had your fair share of exposure to, what did you say, gases, <laughs> experiences, mind-altering substances. Yes. And you have never cracked like this. So tell me, was that the moment I'm thinking of? No, milady. Hmm. I didn't think so. There's a student, or was a student, and one of my colleagues turned them to stone, and the other tried to save him. And now he is sitting at the bottom of a pit in millions of stone pieces. And I don't know what to do. We'll put him back together. Milady, I lack your artistic touch, and I do not believe I'd be able to do so. So 
So what you're saying to me is you killed someone in the mortal realm. I did not kill someone. I just happened to be there. And you think that assuages your guilt? I fear not. But I, th- we have a plan to handle things and, and take care of things. Um, it, it, Stag and, and X are going to, to remedy the situation. Stag and X? Well, more X than Stag, I believe. Who are these people? Well, M- Stag, Mr. 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 God, Mr. Stag is the 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 child of the professors that I told you about the the one who great great descendant of a god. I I know I've told you about oh, the lady. Yes, the one you were using to climb the ladder at the university. Yes, my lady. Um, I'm unfamiliar they, with this other one. X. They are a. Tiefling, dragonborn. I, I don't mistake my language for caring. Oh, get on with my it. Sincerest apologies. Um, they have the ability to change features, and and I think they're going to use that ability to cover our tracks. Baru, the Gorgon, they're the one. Who are that- all these people? I've never heard of. <sighs> Who are you associating with, Ciro? Milady, I've definitely spoken of these people to you. Um, and what did fine. I say then? Well, you told me not to spend time with the Gorgon, and you told me to get closer to the Godling. And what have you continued to do? I wouldn't say I'm close with the Gorgon. I think at this point, mm-hmm. uh, just like a long fingered hand reaches out mm-hmm. of the mirror in the vanity and gently but horrifyingly wraps around your wrist. Do we not have a plan? Is everything. We do not for a purpose to an end, Sira. Yes, my lady. And I hate to do this, but I must say, I was right. If you had not spent your time with these individuals, you would not find yourself in this current predicament. Yes, my lady. And also, what if I told you about letting peasants do the work you should be doing yourself? What should I do then? It is not my job to do it either, Zero. And she raises your hand up to hers and she pulls it up to the mirror and pressing against glass, but also pressing against the tips of your fingers, she kisses it. 
You are my shining star. I've put every hope I have in this world into you. And I know what you are capable of. So why don't you seize it and take care of it? Because if I have to, you won't like what else I take care of. No loose ends. No loose ends. And she releases your hand with a start. And then fades into the depth of the mirror. Borrow and Jasha. <laughs> how's, <Yeah. laughs> how's your tinfoil hat situation going? Um, I mean, I, we arrive at Jasha's room and Borrow just like, um, I, I, I have most of the reagents I need, um, in my workshop. I, I just, um, I just need the titration device. Yeah, let me just, uh, and uh, Jaysha kind of like very, um, I think like tunnel vision kind of goes straight towards where uh, Ray keeps their alchemy materials and just starts to like sift through books and uh, like machines and things until they, you can hear like the clanging of glass uh, as like vials get moved around until they finally find the titration device and they stand back up. Ray walks over to you and hands it to you, not looking into your eyes. This is what you need. Um, if you need anything else, let me know. I'll be uh, working on some stuff myself. Yes. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, and I'm, I'm really sorry. And I don't think you have. Don't apologize like i said it's not worth focusing on any of that if we don't feel guilty we can't mess up so you didn't do anything wrong i'll make sure and if you get in trouble you'll make sure you also don't get into trouble right Baru? I should get to work. Um, it's going to take, it will take about a day for each ring. Um, so I'll, I'll let you all know when it's done. Jisha puts a hand on Baru's shoulder, if it's okay with her, and looks up at Baru for the first time since entering the room. You're going to make sure that you're also not in trouble, right? Every time people have tried to put themselves in harm's way to protect me after something I've done, they've died. 
I can't keep letting that happen. We're going to be okay. No one is going to die. I've already killed someone, Jaysha. That was an accident. You didn't mean to do that. It was an unfortunate series of events that nobody could have predicted. Jaysha, I, I don't know if I didn't mean it. I, I was so angry. I, I don't know. Do you want some company tonight? Do you want to stay here? You can have the bed. I'll sleep on the floor. No, I, uh, it, it's going to take a long time to work on these rings. I need to start on it now. Um, but thank you. Okay. Just don't dwell on that feeling. I don't think it's smart to tell anybody that. Okay. Um, good night. Good night. Jaysha, when you are alone in your room, what do you do? Jaysha closes the door very softly behind Baru. And for a moment, Ray kind of stands there, just like holding the doorknob in their hand, looking down at it. Before all all of a sudden, they kind of like, like in a whirlwind, they like turn around and they go to... uh, their desk and Ray starts moving a whole bunch of like books that are scattered around, uh, trying to open them, uh, ripping pages out of random books and very frantically, um, almost, uh, uh, almost manically in a way, like taping up and like putting up more of these pages up on the mirror, up on the wall. Um, and just covering every sort of reflective surface up. If there was even a sliver of reflective surface left in this room, it is now getting covered up. Um, Just in a whirlwind, like this is the only thing that they can focus on. And uh, when they're done, they take their glasses that are sitting on their desk, they put them on, and gripping the sides of their desk with their hands, they kind of just like look down and they... Take a couple deep breaths. Okay. We have work to do. We have work to do. And Ray pushes literally any emotion that Ray could have about this situation, not feeling it, not letting themselves feel it at all. Guilt, sadness, anger, confusion, doesn't matter. None of it. What are emotions? Uh, and Jaysha is pushing all of that deep, deep down somewhere inside of themselves. And they are focusing entirely on solutions, on practical next steps, on what they can do next. Uh, and that means working on a mutagen. They need something to do. And so I think Ray throws themselves for the rest of the night into that, into doing research, into 
What are some ways to make memory altering mutagens? Is that something that's even possible? Can I make a mutagen that won't kill someone that isn't me? Because as far as I understand, I think I'm the only one that can take this and just focusing on that all night. And if they have neighbors like on their, uh, for the dorm, like you can probably hear the sound of like clinking glass and all of the instruments and things going the entire night. I'm so sorry to my neighbors. This <laughs> is going on all night. Um, and I think you don't notice this, but the rest of us push in on the mirror that you've covered with image scraps. And in the very corner, buried under pages of text and other images, is a slice of a picturesque painting of a shining crystal lake. Baru, when you get back to your room and you are alone, X is out, what do you do? I don't go to my room. Hey, yo. I, I go to the workshop, my workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is also Lo Shields? Um, no, I okay. think I have a separate one as a grad student. Okay. Um, I know in our bonus scene, you asked if you could share with Lo Shield. Yeah. So, which one do you go to? I I think they go to their own personal workshop. Um, I definitely think they walk, you see they head towards in that direction to those shows. Um, many hours just have it. It was like they switched on autopilot and just moving. And then as they're, walking they probably hear stars following them they hear maybe the creaking of metal and they kind of like snatch them out of it from the damage that um stars undergone um on after that um, cave in and that kind of snaps them back into the moment and there are they're aware enough to know that maybe that's not the best idea in case they do run into um the professor there um and they turn and then walk towards their own personal workshop. And uh, they, they immediately try to focus on the task of crafting these rings. They um, set up their, tit- their titration um, equipment and start creating the magical ink and let it drip into the vials as they go to start and start removing the parts of metal that have been bent and broken out of shape. They remove the hand entirely that um, X had crushed um, while they were down there in the sewer and they pull these pieces of metal, these parts, them, pull them apart and melt them down to use as the rings. And as the titration is going about doing its way needs to do the metal is melting they get new scraps of metal and start um smithing them making them to be the new replacements for the parts of star that that they removed um due to damage and i think up until that point they were okay they they, they weren't 
they were numb, but they're going through familiar motions. Um, but then as they've heated the metal and start shaping it with the hammer, um, they took their ear, their earring off and it, it um, changes shape and becomes a smithing hammer as they slam down on this um, heated metal. And every time they slam down on it, I think they hear the shattering of chorus. Um, every time the hammer hits the metal and after the first one they try to block it out after second and third and it becomes too much and I think they just collapse um, they just drop everything and just kind of collapse into a ball on the ground you miss the beat of that last swing but whatever is outside your office does not. And on time with your rhythm, something clatters to the ground outside your door. I suddenly look up. Um, it is really late. And uh, even on other days, even during the exam season, no one really stays up this late near the workshop. So I I look to Star and Star's powered down by now. But then I, I walk over to the door and open it. Lying on the ground in front of your studio door is Chorus's petrified arm. And it has a ratty red bow tied around its wrist and a small note dangling off of it. Um, Baru staggers backwards. They, they they immediately recognize this and they feel like their stomach just dropped out of them. Um, and then I think they have half a mind just close the door and just stay in their workshop, but they gather themselves enough to grab this arm and pull it into the workshop and then close the door behind them with the note. and. Um, and the note hangs off like a gift tag. Do you read it? Yeah, I, I pull the note off, if I can, and just toss the arm across the room. The arm shatters. <sighs> it's now in two pieces. The note says in just scratch lettering. I told you. Strixhaven breaks things. Yeah, I slide down against the door and I think I just cry. Um, 
ecstasy. How is your sewer yes, journey going? <laughs> Quickly and quietly, efficiently. The first thing X does actually is sticking to the shadows, sticking out of sight. They go to the bog first, the edge of it. Kind of following the track of the sewer system below, remembering where they had walked and mapping it down onto their feet. They find the edge of the bog. And they take out their little baby Bjorn. They swing bog dog around to the front of their body. And they hook their thumbs underneath its little, like, stubby little front legs. And they pull it up and out of the baby Bjorn. And set it kind of like rump first on the swamp. And they look. And they kneel down so that they're almost eye level with bog dog. Material attachments will only come back to hurt you. And I think with I your face you so close to Bog Dog, he takes a big lick of your face. <laughs> you were never here. And I think this, like, memory... Almost all, all of the shit that X has been through kind of pulls on them. And it's like this ghost leans over their shoulder and whispers in one ear, the voice like low and warm, the same voice that was shouting at them in the sewers. Get out. You don't belong here. Gun up goes. You shouldn't leave loose ends. And X looks at Bog Dog and says... I am already too weak. Pats it twice on the head. Pulls themselves up and turns and like sprints into a different part of campus, following like the track of the sewer system, finding another place where, yes, there was a ladder here. I should be able to get down. Finding a way back in. Um, yeah, and I think if... Even if you don't look back, we see that Bogdog Bog, Bog, Bog Dog sits there for a moment, uh, and then you get farther away, and he starts sort of tentatively trotting after you. Um, but you're just too fast, and he can't keep up with you. <laughs> um, and, he, and he gives up, and his giant black shining eyes glimmer in the night. You are able to. <laughs> Connie's face is going to make me cry. <laughs> um, you are able to find uh, a viable entrance to the sewer um, just from what you rolled in a previous session with kind of orienting yourself as sort of the mental map. Um, and you are able to, to get down there. And from what you can tell, it's not like the entirety of the sewer system collapsed. So you're able to navigate uh what's your like are you trying to head towards dave are you trying to head towards Klecka's lair what's your Klecka's lair first okay um yeah i think you find yourself coming out of that aqueduct that was just um right of the ladder that you all climbed out of uh so you're kind of coming at it from this from a uh, uh 90 degree angle from when you entered it before 
And as X is, and they it's, slow it's down a, to sorry, like a I, walk. I meant to say it is in disarray. <laughs> like it, it, it has collapsed in here, uh, and a lot of things are covered in rubble. I wouldn't say like the the manufactured like giant hole in the center is filled or anything, but it is definitely compounded, uh, and most of the structures are disintegrated. X Y Z. And X, as they're walking through the sewer system before they're even able to get to the lair proper, so to speak, climbing over bits of rubble, squeezing through things, it's like these three ghosts are following them, having a conversation over their shoulder, a memory of such a thing. Little tidbits, little information, hints, gifts, teachings. Never look back. No mercy. No loose ends. Material objects will make you weak. Connections will make you weak. You must stay strong. Ecstasy. You must stay focused. And X kind of pulls themselves over these rocks through the rubble and their form kind of shifts into the person from their memory. A lavender-skinned tiefling person with two short curved horns coming up from their head, two horns curving around, framing their jaw, with short white hair, shaved almost down to the ends. A tail kind of like a lion's with a tuft of white fur at the end. And they turn into their parents, Eve. They take on their countenance and their focus. And they're not pretending to be okay. Because they are. This is who they are. This is the most at home they've felt since being back at Strixhaven. Not back at Strixhaven, being at Strixhaven for the very first time. This is the closest they felt to being anyone anyone they could recognize. Not even themselves, but somebody who knows what they're doing. Somebody who knew what they were doing. And they call upon that guidance. And they, it doesn't matter if it takes all night. They're in the lair. They look around very carefully. They clean up. Any blood that was spilled from the party underneath rocks. They pick out all of the shrapnel of their arrows, collect it meticulously. Any places where even a shard of metal from star might have fallen, they collect it. They collect all of it. Any trace that any of us were here. The vines from Ciro's vine whip, they collect every single leaf, every single thorn and every single piece that they can find, of course, they pull out of the ground reverently like a bone from a grave. Can you please roll investigation? I absolutely can roll investigation. Oh boy. Eleven. 
I mean, with advantage, obviously. Okay. Thank God. Much better. 19. Okay. Yeah. You, um, it does take all night and you are meticulous and thorough and you sense the sun will rise soon. What do you do with the things you've collected? Do I notice that Chorus doesn't have an arm? Okay, that pings. And there is, again, the tiniest flick of somebody else's tail. But the same vision of X's. They know that something is missing. But that's okay. They just need to take care of this first. And they find a good spot, a more open spot in this lair. They take every single piece. And a low light begins to shimmer up and through the skin of this tiefling person as ecstasy opens their mouth and slowly, like they're exhaling steam, begins to burn every single piece down to ash using their breath weapon. Yeah. Again, you've collected quite a bit and it takes some time, but you are able to disintegrate all these pieces of what happened. Anything else? And once they, once they have the ash, they collect that too. And a piece of burlap, uh, something like from this place. Yeah, I think a scrap, a scrap let, like, since Kleka was down here making <laughs> their clothes and closer to their rats, you can easily find, um, like, a bit of scrap leather or, or cloth. They take it, and they begin to try to head back toward Dave as this other person. Okay. We'll leave that for next time. Stag sobs into their knees for a long time until the first rays of sunlight begin to peek over the horizon, but the moon isn't completely gone yet. And at this changing of the guard in the heavenly order, they hoist themselves up to a full stand. They literally have no tears left to cry. Uh, They feel like a dry husk of a person, like a desiccated sword. And they sort of walk unsteadily to their desk. They sit down. They pull, uh, they lift up several stacks of history books from Lorehold up and pull out like a hidden notebook underneath the stack and they flip it open. And we see just like scattering past pieces of lined paper, half written poems, songs, uh, but they land on a blank page and they rip it out and they quickly like shove the songbook aside they take out a pencil and they begin to write they begin to write a confession detailing everything uh, going on in their head everything that happened that night they write every single detail onto this piece of notebook paper it takes so much time there's so much detail that it takes the like the entire front page and the entire back page 
and they're in the middle of signing their name at the bottom when something wiggles at their pouch by their hip. And I think they look down and spat rap has peeked his little head like through the corner and is sniffing. And I assume at this point, Spatrat has finished eating all the scraps at the bottom of Stag's pouch. Stag looks down, lifts up the flap and lets Spatrat climb up onto the desk and watches Spatrat sort of nose around at the notebook paper and sniff it, right? Like sniffing at the graphite. The Stag looks down, looks at Spatrat, looks at the notebook paper, looks at their pencil and then grabs the confession note and balls it up uh, into like a tight ball and then rips the ball into shreds and then gets up and pulls out like an old box or something from a corner of the room, a cardboard box. And they sprinkle the bits of this note at the bottom of the box and hit with a fervor, they go back to their notebook and they start ripping out more pages and ripping it up to create bedding at the bottom of this box. And they gently lift Spat Rat up and look at him, right, like nose to nose, almost in like a parallel of X and Bog Dog. And they let out this like very small, gentle smile. Love, huh? All right. And she gently puts Spat Rat into the box and sets the box up on her windowsill, sits back down, pulls the notebook closer to her, and starts writing in it instead of on a scrap piece of paper ripped out of it. But this time, she starts writing a song. Uh, and I think we omnisciently hear a uh, reverberation from your great-grandfather saying. And what is it that you love? And we're going to end the episode there. <laughs> Thank y'all. That was a roller coaster. Um, thanks everybody for tuning into Higher Education, our fifth edition Dungeons & Dragons game set in the Strixhaven universe, a wholly original story with obviously a bomb-ass cast. Let's go around the horn. Everybody, please introduce yourselves and let people know where <laughs> they can find you. C, you want to start us out? Oh my goodness. Sure. Hi, my name is Sia. Who's the them pronouns? You can find me making it uh, uh. art. Uh, trans art on the internet at pie sharp art if you liked what i did here tonight you'll like what i do other places so check me out uh specifically tonight humna live and i are playing in the sexiest the messiest thirsty one short hmm, thirsty sword lesbians one shot that was vicious that's the energy i'm bringing into that game uh very different vibe from what we just did here tonight but my god uh it will be fun so check us out at 8 p.m on total party chills channel uh that's in like an hour and a half so check us out there it's gonna be really amazing um and you can also find me on transplant rpg you can find me on exquisite corpse you can find me on the mythic initiative find me on twitter if you want to know what exactly it is that i'm doing at any given time and i'll pass it over to humna 
sorry, muting, unmuting was, was a time because I have baby in my arms. Um, hello, everybody. My name is Hamna. I use any and all pronouns and I am a TJRG performer. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at itshahid underscore where I talk about all of the different projects that I'm a part of. I'm on a variety of different uh, streams and shows. So Twitter is the best place to know where I'll be at any given point in time. Uh, you should come tonight. It's going to be wild. It's going to be messy. It's going to be very gay. It's going to be great. Uh, also on Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time, I am over on Going Crit RPG's channel to play Itaewon by night, uh, which is an all Asian cast playing Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, I play a very, very unhinged fledgling vampire Ventru. Uh, so you should come check us out because it's it's wild. I like ate a man's heart last time. Um, it was, yeah, it was a lot. Um, and with that, I am going to pass things over to Drac. Um, I just want to say yes, please watch Eton by Night. It it's been my bread and butter for the past couple of days. I love it. Um but hi, I'm Jack or Draconics. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Draconics, that's D-R-A-K-O-N-I-Q-U-E-S. Um I am a teacher PG performer, writer, producer. Um I'll be writing some very cool things in the future, so keep an eye out for that. But um God, what do I do? I don't know. My brain is shot after this session. Um, every other Monday, I'm over on Exquisite Corpse Presents. I'm in a campaign called Divine Intervention where I play Kronos to God of Time, Death to Kronos. You know, Hades 2 is just copying our whole thing, but, you know, it's whatever. We're, we appreciate their, them being big fans of us, so it's fine. It's whatever. Um, I'm here on Saturdays, obviously, playing um, uh, Higher Education. What else am I doing? I think that's pretty much it. Uh, my schedule is weirdly empty, but I'm doing a lot of behind-the-scenes things, so keep an eye out. I've got some campaigns and series up in the works that I think all of you would be very, very interested in. Um, but yeah, um, I, 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 he hasn't gone. <laughs> Liv? Yeah, it's me. Okay. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, how you doing? Um, my name is Liv. You can follow me on Twitter at Liv in a Day. But really, you should just follow me right on over to Total Party Chill and watch this game. And if you think we're hot, which, thank you, you're so right. I'm so glad you pointed that out. Um, you should see the other half of the cast. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure Keith put this game together to kill me. I think that was, or no, Stella put it together. Anyway, they want me dead. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a like, good time. Very excited to be playing with everybody. Um, I, I am doing a lot this month, um, but new places. Like, I'm over on Lost Caravan playing Delta Green. Um, I play Agent Micro, who's very small and just wants to do go back home after finding this murderer eldritch horror i don't know but the thing that i am very excited about after a very long time i'll be doing a charity game um over on mk mason's channel um we will be doing a DD one shot set in the world of the nutcracker and that'll be on december the 16th i'm going to be playing um lady lady sina mon of the land of sweets <laughs> i'm very excited so please come check that out uh support us and support um some holiday charity this is the season for given all right connie your turn it's a me connie uh yes i'm connie <laughs> my pronouns are they he and she you can find me across the internet at by connie chong b-y-c-o-n-n-i-c-h-a-n-g namely twitter and tiktok follow me on tiktok i'm gonna try to hit 100k hopefully by 
by early next year is my is my goal is my hope so help me help me reach that um outside of this i am the gm and creative producer for trans planar rpg which is an all transgender poc led dark fantasy DD show set in an original non-colonial anti-orientalist world we stream saturdays at 8 p.m u.s eastern time but we are taking a break today as you may have noticed this is saturday uh so i can write ooh, and record and edit a one-man experimental black box arc 7 interlude performance special yes this is going to be the most like one of the most creatively ambitious things i'm going to be doing in the realm of live play ttrpg production stuff just by myself so it would mean the world to me if you all save the date for next saturday december 17th at 8 p.m u.s eastern time on twitch.tv backslash transplanar rpg take out your google calendars put it up Put it up December 17th, December, do it now. Put it in 8 p.m. U.S. Eastern time. I'd love to see you all there. That's the main thing we're going to do. And after that, we're taking a hiatus until January 7th. Uh, that's next year for Arc 8, Episode 1. And Arc 8 is also the final arc of Transplanar RPG's first main campaign. The second stranger there's going to be eight episodes eight players per episode that's right i'm gming a table of eight pcs which my god i don't know why i did this to myself uh, but it's going to be a blast uh yeah so just save the day for that as well um but yeah i've been stag here and i'm going to pass the baton right back to vanna but thank you so much uh thank you all so much i've been vanna your gm producer at all uh and uh you can find me right here at twitch.tv slash vanna v-a-n-a and on most social media at havana rama h-a-v-a-n-a-r-a-m-a um and this this is consuming my whole life so catch me lurking in all these beautiful bitches content and um cheering them on and being hella inspired and shit um, again, please go check out our sponsors. Thank you for helping us hit our goal today. We will have a bonus uh, scene for you next week. What it will be, again, the algorithm's going to tell us. So um, we'll let you know how it turns out. Um, and uh, thank you so much for following. If you hung out and enjoyed the stream at all, please do hit the follow button. We'd love to see you back in the future. That's the easiest way we to make sure we all get to hang out again. Uh, thank you to everybody who already did. And thank you for all the raids. We had so many raids from so many cool people today. Uh, and it just means a lot um, to have the support of the tabletop community and just so many awesome individuals uh, for that matter. So thank you so much. We're going to go on a raid to our friend Invert, who's playing some Fallout. Uh, and then I hope to see y'all at Thirsty Sword Lesbians in an hour and a half. Uh, Y'all are beautiful. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And thank you so much. Goodbye.